Hi friend, this is an exciting episode. I'm talking to my co-host today, Jennifer, and this is a conversation where we get into the reality of long-term recovery. So hang tight with us. It's juicy till the very end. I also want to make sure that you listened to today's episode for the happiness challenge. Day four. If you haven't done day four, go back to day one. It's very exciting. Make sure to jump into the members area. You can do that at members.connectedcalmlife. And when you complete this challenge, you will win the Change Your Brain Masterclass. So make sure you're posting in the community each day along the journey of creating a more happy, purposeful, connected, calm life. All right, let's get into today's episode. Thanks, as always, for being here. (laughs) I'm ready whenever. Hi, everybody. I'm Jennifer Rapp Peterson, and you are listening to the Connected Calm Life Podcast. Hi, Lane. Hi, Jennifer. So good to be with you. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Mama, if you're coming back and finding me again, thank you for joining us. Jennifer and I are going to get into a great conversation. And if you're new to the show, stick around. This is a conversation, uh, long-term recovery coming right at you. We're going to get into it. Jennifer, what's going on? Oh, Lane, a lot of stuff. You know, um, I think I'd mentioned to you earlier that you know, I'm kind of reevaluating things now that we're coming, you know, out of our lockdowns and quarantines and we're, we're having to kind of reinvent our work and our life. And I'm reevaluating what, um, my, um, values are, you know, and what I want to bring forth now in this new life, this new economy, you know, and my friendships and, uh, everywhere, my relationships my family, everything. So that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) And that right there is like, let's just drop the rock (laughs) right right in the middle. There you go. Let's cover all that today. (laughs) Let's just get into that. And I think this is such a big conversation. And as you said, everyone's facing it. Every woman, every mother, every human is facing this evaluation. Like, who are we? How do we communicate? How do we connect with others now that we have to live differently? And how are these relationships changed? I know that my relationships, like my best friend, never see her anymore. Yeah. And, it, and it breaks my heart. Yeah. And over the last almost two years, we've just completely grown apart. Do you have any of that experience? I have a lot of that. That's really interesting. Um, you know, maybe that'll change again. I don't know. Maybe that will shift again. But um, people who I thought were kind of a lot, you know, that I was going to, some of my really long-term relationships have kind mm-hmm. of fallen away. Even some of my shorter term, but good friendships have kind of fallen away and things are shifting in in a very real way. And I feel like I'm not affecting that. I feel like I've been the constant somehow and they've done all the changing. So I'm like, I'm just the same person. What, what's changed? But, you know, 
I think as we bring forth different energy, different vibrate, you know, Mm -hmm. we vibrate at different levels or whatever it is. So I was just thinking about, you know, the people that live or die, right? Like people that are solid in my life who I just don't even see anymore. And then all of these new people that I have met in this very strange new world online and how quickly these new people have become so close to me and dear to me and how the intimacy has changed. My relationships have changed. The way that I'm communicating has changed. It's, I'm so fascinated by this and I don't understand it. And I'm just, I'm kind of going with it because my heart needs to connect with others. I need to feel like I'm plugged in with other people and the people that are here, like literally around the block from me or, you know, two neighborhoods over who I don't see because it's so complicated just to get in the car and go across town, which doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't understand why we used to be able to meet and have coffee once a week. Right. And, and, and now we, we can't even get a calendar date. Right. 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 Like, what is that about? (laughs) I don't know. You know, I, it's something that I find with, um, obviously COVID has thrown us deeper into technical social engagement, right? So digital, the digital life, right? And it's real easy to connect up digitally. And it's easier now with Zoom and some of the really decent video conferencing software and some of the, you know, like Clubhouse and some of the other applications that we're seeing that are really built for social engagement. You know, it's really easy just to jump on Mm -hmm. and connect with people in a, a more real way than we have before with technology. And, um, so on one hand, we can kind of connect with people who are on very similar journeys with us at the same time, because we can connect with anyone, you know, who's got an internet connection. Right. So, so maybe we're marching alongside people that might be in the same place we are, you know, in their journey or that we just happen to meet up at this, at, we intersect at a, at a place that we need each other. I, I don't know. You know, it's an interesting thing that I've, I've thought about too. Like why, yeah, like I'm not see like now that we can necessarily go have coffee, I'm, I'm not, I don't know what that is. That's I think I'm still, I think we're still shy, you know, to mm-hmm. be out, you know, with people, even though like I'm fully vaccinated, I think we're still shy to, to put ourselves in there. Um, and I know that other people, especially kids, friends of mine with small children, they're definitely shy. The people are just now getting their kids vaccinated. Um, you know, so, so they're definitely shy, you know, getting out there. And I think we're just out of practice, right? I don't know. That's, I don't know. I feel like that's it. It makes me evaluate how I had such rigid routines. I would wake up, I would drop off my son. I would go to a mutual aid meeting. I would have coffee with somebody. I would go practice, bring my practice to an organization, log in my hours, uh, right? Like I was very, everything was very structured. And now 
things are not structured. Things are just all over the place. And it's interesting to kind of find myself uh, finding a new way. And I know you're out there in the world. You've been a professional woman. You've had great success. How, how, How are you kind of navigating and waking up to this new 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 way of yeah well um I you know I think that I've had to create you say that you had a rigid structure so so I mentioned to you the last business you know like real decent sized business you know we sold that in 2015 I sold that in 2015 and my life became unstructured then okay so and then I was like finding my way. And then when COVID hit, obviously I lose, uh, I lose even a little more structure. But what I found in COVID, it gave me the opportunity to create new structure. So I became, I started to work out. I started, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get serious about my health, you know? And so I'm like, I'm going to work. I work out every fucking day right how is that possible I'm working out every day and I'm Uh walking every day and I'm like okay so if I can do anything if I can do you know so I'm going to do one thing well Mm -hmm. you know and as a friend of mine likes to say you know how you do one thing is how you do everything I don't know I sometimes I think you know I think that in a big way but I'm like okay if I can get a little bit of momentum with that practice then Let's try to roll it out into other things. So that's where I'm approached. So it's new structure. So I'm creating it from like a like maybe a more authentic place. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. So how you do one thing is how you do everything. I try to give this to my kid every day. <laughs> like how you brush your teeth is how you do everything. <laughs> Damn it, we're in trouble if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> how old are your kids? You have two kids. 14 and 15. I'm like floss. <laughs> right. They're like, what's that? No. Uh, yeah. No idea. And <laughs> the, being a mom, you know, for the past couple of years has been uh, an interesting experience. Uh, I know for me and you're sober. How long are you sober now? 20 years, 20 years, which is a long time. So your, your kids have never seen you drink. No, you have been committed to your recovery, your lifestyle, not drinking. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about like the, the routines that we create, you know, from working out every day and walking every day and the way that we parent every day and how we, again, I just keep thinking about how we're putting ourselves out into the world in this new way that everybody's, it's unfamiliar for everybody. And do you think that your recovery is helping you just throw yourself out there? You know, like, is there a level of comfort that you get as a result of not drinking every day? Or do you sometimes think, geez, I wish I could just, you know, like this is stressful. I mean, cause th- this, it's been stressful. Oh, I, you know, both, I hold both of those things. So yeah. on one hand, mostly, mostly this is true. I live, I, I have a sober relationship with my husband. My husband's been sober 30 years. And so 
we got together sober. So uh, we built a marriage and a family on being sober together, right? So we are quick to apologize. We try to keep our side of the street clean, you know, and we are not perfect by any means, but we try to own our own stuff, right? So I think if we can do that, then that's really great. So like- How long have you guys been married? um, 15, wait, um, <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. We're both of us are like this. So it's not like if he listens to it, he won't be yeah. like offended yeah. at all. He'll be like, oh yeah. Like how? So my daughter is, wait, my daughter's 15. So 16 years. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the quickest way. One year. Yeah. There we go. Extra. Yep. So, um, so that's, you know, so, so that it's almost like it's a given. So we built this, but I got to say, sometimes I want relief, you know? So sometimes I want, it's just on my own mind. I want relief from the, my grind, my mind grind. Right. Oh, I like that phrase. So I want, you know, cause I tend to chew, you know, you chew on things and I want relief from that. So I always like, well, and very rarely do I say, oh, it would be nice to drink, you know, but that, you know, every once in a while I'll say, God, if there was something, you know, I'm like, well, no, you know, like I, you know, since cannabis, you know, THC is now legal, you know, I'm like, oh, well, t- no, I can't do, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not toying with any of that. So, so really quickly, any of those thoughts are always just like, I wouldn't. So first of all, I pr- I would not do it for myself, but especially I wouldn't, um, jeopardize uh, the structure of my relationship, you know? So it's, so it's, it's, I don't even mess with it. So it's like, I don't even pick that up and look at it. You know, that's just like something I don't even mess with. So, um, so how do you get relief rest? I mean, I I'll get into an audio book, you know, I'll even, um, you know, I think I told you I'm not, I'm not active in AA right now. Uh, I'll talk to a friend, for sure. That's a huge, um, I'll talk to my husband. Um, is your husband active in a program? No, no. Was he before? We both were early in our recovery yeah. for several, for many, many years. Um, but you know, I think, you know, when we became, when we got married and became parents, then, you know, I, I slowly backed off, you know, but early in my recovery, we, we both were, um, we both were active, you know, you know, we both have worked the steps, for instance, we both had sponsors, um, you know, so, so, you know, we knew, we know how to work a program, you know, um, but. Um, Do you think that there is a staleness or a, um, you're more quick tempered as a result of not being involved or invested in a daily? Yes. Work? Yes. Yes, I think, but I'm not sure. I think for me, I need to explore. Um, I get, I need to just keep exploring new meetings and stuff like that. So maybe I just haven't found a perfect fit for me, you know, um, where I live now. Um, because I remember when I was working a program and I was showing up at meetings, uh, I was, it was easy, you know, life was easy. But on the other hand, you know, I should, like, I've had little, I've had, um, 
weeks and weeks where I was regular and I didn't find a lot of relief. You know, that's why I think I stopped going recently is that I didn't, I, I wasn't finding what I had found early in my sobriety. I, I even was sponsoring somebody, but I just wasn't finding the connectedness that I mm-hmm. think I had in early recovery. And so it was hard for me to sustain when it wasn't, it wasn't feeling good to even to go. So, yeah, but I, I, you know, I have, I can't blame that on the meeting because I know, you know, it's doing a lot of good for, for most people, especially if you're in early recovery, it's, you know, it saved me, it saved me. Yeah. It's so, it's fascinating when I connect with other members or past members or people in recovery who have, you know, fallen away from their mutual aid and how, uh, it's happened for me as well, where I was be damned. I'm not doing that. Just it's not where I'm at right now. And when COVID hit, I was really plugged in. And as COVID has evolved, it's become more challenging for me to plug back in. And I've had to dig in to my practice and search for that power that keeps me um, vertical on the planet, mm-hmm. you know? And I think there's a lot of shame that happens or a lot of um, mm, people don't like it when others drift away from the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of personalities that, kind of appear, I guess. Oh yeah. It's real interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, like there's some sort of, um, it's almost like, um, people are superstitious about it. Like, yeah. Oh, you don't, you know, like, like I understand that, you know, for some people it's life or death and there's no one between. And I get that. And there are plenty, there are plenty of people like that, but it's just not, that's just not the case for me. So, um, I could totally see getting hooked back in again to, AA, you know, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it open. You know, I think, I would think what I could do, you know, is probably just commit to just keep, keep circling back around. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know, to hook back in that way, you know? Yeah. So. We'll and see. every person, I mean, that's yeah. what I love about the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is that there are no hard rules. Yeah. And we, well, people don't always accept. I think people create rules around it for themselves. Yes. You know, the only requirement for a membership is the desire to stop drinking, you know, and people forget that. Yeah. Right. And so how I do my program, it might be very different to how you do your program. Right. Like I remember I didn't do 90 and 90. I did a lot of meetings, but I didn't do 90 and 90. And it was like, people were like, like I like it grown horns, you know? Right. I'm like, listen, I didn't do it. You know, (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, I I ate a lot of candy and watched net, you know, watched a lot of TV, you know, but but I went to some meeting, you know, I went to a lot of meetings and ate a lot of candy. Okay. Yeah. I was at Blockbuster. <laughs> Blockbuster. Right. Renting movies and getting... Totally. The pop, yeah. The popcorn Seriously, buckets. just, yeah. you know, 
Like yeah. I'm going to get through it however I need to get through it. And I'll go to meet. I'm definitely going to meetings. I will work a program, but you know, because I didn't happen to get to a meeting every day for 90 days, doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Right. Right. So, and there's, that's what I mean about being superstitious, you know, about the program. Like if you don't do it this way, you're screwed. I think that we need to go a little easier on everybody, you know, in the program. And um, that right there is yeah. everything. You know, I, I, I did, I was, uh, I did share a meeting <laughs> during COVID because it was on zoom. I'm like, I'd do it, you know, mm-hmm. and I just remember immediately somebody's correcting how I was doing the no. meeting. I'm like, you know what? Motherfucker. Like, I'm like, really, you know, don't, you don't need to do because I didn't say it exactly the way that mm-hmm. it had been, you know, like, come on, man. Like I was taught to just, that's not what you do. You just let people be them, you know? And like, so I feel like I had some really good sobriety under my belt to like weather that, but it was so annoying to me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh my God, like, yeah. you know, I'm a volunteer just like you are, you know, yeah. you know it's just really yeah. interesting to me. Um, it, it's so, it's the personalities. Oh uh, yeah. Right. So, we had, there's so many personalities that get in there and that's what harms the program. Right. And if, if people would just allow the program to breathe and just show up and yeah. be, yeah. Oh, the program as written it yep. works, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, what we know. It works, you know, it, it works and it keeps working. And, you know, there's also this now this new movement of uh, alcohol free, alcohol-free living and alcohol-free okay. lifestyle. And there's many paths to recovery. Yeah. So I, I love that there's just this whole movement that's awakening that alcohol yeah. doesn't have to be the solution anymore. And I, it's like once, and I'm speaking to women, right? Once a woman says enough is enough, I feel like all hands on deck, let's help you. Let's get on. Right. Let's go because right. the brain of an alcoholic is right. so, so, I don't even, it's like we get all jacked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If somebody surrenders to the program, you know, they came to believe that a power greater than themselves could restore them to sanity. Right. Like if you get to the point where you are like, you turn your will, like, like open arms, we're ready. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just, you know, even in the, even the first step, you know, like that's enough belief into like something's going on in this room that that just might be able to save me. And I have a desire to stop drinking. So I'm showing up here today, you know, and, um, that's, that's the, the biggest guilt I feel about not being regular right now is to the newcomer, mm. you know? So, um, it's interesting that you say that. Because she's, yeah, she's waiting, right? She's waiting for you. She's waiting for me. She's yeah. waiting for women who have long-term reco- recovery, who have 15 right. years, who have 20 years. Right. Right? Like there's a difference between saying I'm in long-term recovery and I have five years or seven right. years or 10 years right. and 20 years. Right. And, and I don't mean to have like that. It's not coming from ego at all. It's coming no. from it works. Right. A stability. Yes. Yeah. Just something. Yeah. Yes. 
And if there was uh, more people standing up and, and raising their hands saying, you know, I'm sober 30 years, I'm sober 20 years, right? Like just to give people hope. Right. I think we're, there's a lot of, we're missing that somewhere. Yeah. Because what I've found is 20 years, there's a backing off of being involved. And I don't know why I can't really, figure that's it out. Interesting. I backed off earlier than that. So, um, but that was more situational. I think if I still were living in the city of Chicago and now I live in the suburbs, yeah, I think, you know, if I were still in the city, I think I'd still be more, you know, like I could see still maintaining, you know, the bonds that I created or an early yeah. sobriety that, I had a hard time making the, the, the tight bonds that I had early in the early days mm -hmm. where I am now. Um, so that's a little different. The other thing I think we should talk about is like somebody's, you know, we're all alcoholics, right? But I was an alcoholic who, as they say, uh, was a high bottom. I mean, I had a lot of bottoms, but yeah. a lot of people didn't see the bottoms I had. Like my credit was still perfect. I still had a great job. I, you know, I had a lot of, I never had a DUI, you know, I had a lot of things. So I was like always mine, you know, my drinking the con was binge drinking, you know, and mm -hmm. um, I wasn't comfortable being in social situations without a drink in my hand. And I also noticed my personality changes a lot of like big red light black, and I definitely at the end blackout, you know, um, but, you know, not everybody's, relationship with um, alcohol looks the same. Right. right. And so I, what I think what's interesting, what you're talking about is like when people are raising their hands with long-term sobriety, I really needed to see back when I was in early days, somebody that wasn't like in the gutter before she got sober. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to see somebody like me. So, um, you know, when I, fi I did finally, you know, I went to enough meetings and I did find women that had a lot of, you know, not yet, they hadn't quite, you know, like they were alcoholic, they recognized it, they hadn't bottom bottomed out. Right. And so, um, but I think there's, you know, I want to be able to connect with people that might have a similar story too. Cause I think that's the power of power of, um, when you, um, uh, but my word finding is terrible today. It's being able to relate to someone. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, when you get up and testify, not, what's the word testify when you um, went, bear witness to you, you know, when you talk, when you give a lead, you know, or you share, when you share, you, when you speak, when you, yeah. When you, when yeah. you speak, you know, um, I forgot the word that they use for it. Um, but when you, when you do that, people, give people the opportunity to see themselves in you, you know, yeah. and that's something like if you can put, if you can personify the program for somebody in the, in his or her early days is really important, mm -hmm. you know, so that is super valuable, you know. Um, There's so many gifts of recovery and so many directions that we get to move through, right? So many things that we get to do. Uh, and you you had your business. I'm going to go back to the business for just a second. You had that business in 2015, great success, kids, family, marriage, moving, COVID, and now you're here, 
right? So what's the next evolution of Jennifer, right? Because we, we're constantly evolving. So what what's right. coming next? What's coming next for you? Well, you know, um, I'm 55 years old. Okay. So, so the other thing that COVID and, and this time period of when I last sold my, when I sold my business, I thought that I would have the next, what historically has happened for me, I've been blessed with, I was in software sales for many years. And then I went back to creative businesses, you know, and I did a number of creative businesses. Like I had a greeting card publishing company. I sold that in 20. 2008. And I illustrated kids' books and gift books. And then I invented some toys. And then from there, I, I started a website builder for artists called Indie Made. And then we that was the business I sold, we sold in 2015. And I was very blessed, especially in recovery. You know, I did this in early, I started these creative businesses in early recovery. And I always kind of knew what the next thing was going to be. Like I flowed with my creativity. And I always had like, I could take dictation from my muse, right? And so I was really, uh, I thought I would just naturally know, like we'd sell it, I'd take a breath, and then I would know what the next right thing is. And it didn't happen that way for me. And I think what that's the reason for that's twofold. First, I'm older, man. I'm not, you know, when I started my first, you know, creative business, I think I was 33. Right. And so that's different than a 50, early fifties, right? Like my energy is different, right? I have kids and a husband and a family. So I have priorities. I have energy. Like I need to, to, you know, manage my energy. I need to manage my my relationships with my family, you know, and, you know, and that's extended family and my friendships and stuff like that. So, so I realized that like, okay, so I, you know, want to be working and I want to be helping. I'm looking to be um, working with um, micro business and people like I was basically to help them build their businesses. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do I do that where I'm not working constantly. So what would happen, you know, basically I've had mostly home-based businesses with the greeting card company at a warehouse, but, you know, basically I could work from anywhere. So I've always been very flexible with where I work, but the problem with that is I could work all the time. So anytime I wasn't doing the other things in my life, I was working, right? So, you know, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like I was a work, I was oh, yeah. a workaholic, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but that is not going to work out. That's not going to work anymore. So what I'm evaluating right now, Lane, is what can I do? How can I create value for potential client? Well, what, what, how can I create value for people with the resource, the energy that I have, you know, in a, an authentic way. So, so that's what I'm looking at, you know, and I'm really trying to figure that out right now. And um, I have some ideas, some irons in the fire, but you know, that's what I'm, that's where I'm at. So, so I'm a little past like totally not knowing what to do, but now I have some ideas and I'm, I'm moving forward, but I'm trying to be realistic with what my, my goals are and what the energy I have and, um, and trying to, to build a business that's authentic and manageable. I think that's so perfectly stated around being aware of the time 
the commitment and how much energy you want to expand on the business, that is an evolution of yourself, right? right. And if you weren't sober, you that would not even be a Never. No, 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 wouldn't even be. There would be very little in my head. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I, I just, I love that memory because, I, or that that thinking, because that's how when I shifted into the connected, calm life, I really got down to, I know that I only have this amount of time. Right. And how do I want to serve my mama? How do I want to serve my lady? How do, like, what is the most important thing she needs right now? Right. And I just narrowed it down to that. And, and everything got really easy for me. I was like, oh my God, this, it just, it shifted. And that was an evolution for me in the last, I mean, I've only been doing this podcast now for six months, maybe. Right. And having the freedom to change and not beat myself up about it or not give myself a hard time. Again, evolution. Because the old me, you know, like two years ago would have been like, oh, that's, you can't do that. That's not right. Now you like, what are they going right. to do? What are they going to think? Right. And these don't have time. Right. Right. No, it's, it's really beautiful to have the awareness of like, I'm just going to allow myself to evolve naturally and see what unfolds. That's right. what I'm hearing from you. Like right. you are just going to let things unfold. You're looking to serve, which is the number one thing. Like that's our, our goal as sober people. We want to show up and we want to serve and we want to do, uh, we want to be tapped in and tuned in to hear that whisper that guides us, that leads us, right? That, that, that's where it's really great to be a sober woman to live. And that's what I'm hearing from you today. Yes. Is that, is that right? Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. And thank you for reflecting that back to me because I got to hear and I got to hear it's a whisper, man. It mm-hmm. is such a whisper. It's such a teeny little flame that I have to fan it, you know, and how do we protect and fan it? Right. And so that's, I, I'm, I don't know, you know, and before I kind of, was taking the next, I was taking steps. The other, the other thing is like, because I had more of an abundance of energy, right? So I could, I can kind of throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what's stuck. You know, now it's kind of like, I can't, you know, no, I can't do that. Or I don't really have time to worry about what other people think. You know, I think that's really interesting. It's, so thank it's you for just, that. It's, yeah. Yeah, of course. It's it's not important. It's listening to that stillness, that little flame, and caring for it. And the fact that you are working out and going on a walk, like those are kind of your no matter what's that you do, it sounded like. Mm-hmm. That's a time to plug in and hear that whisper. That's a time to create that dialogue with that universal spirit. Right. That's That's your time to get those downloads and be like, oh, that's what I'm doing next. Yeah. Right. But if we're not even plugged in, we're doing it on remote. We're just got to hit the pavement. I got to put my time in. Right. That, that is a, is a completely different mentality that that's not going to awaken or engage that flame. Right. No, 
No, it's when we're in you in like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Commitment. It's 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 when we're united with our true selves when we go out and hit the pavement. I know for me, I have to go out and I have to walk the dogs, right? I have the two giants. Yeah. And I used to just plug in and listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And now, no, no more. I'm not doing that. That's smart because I do tend to distract some, but some, to me, the walking, I, I walk long enough where there is, there's a rhythm to it. And regardless, even if I, I am kind of listening to a podcast or mm-hmm. an audiobook. But you're right. I think it's really important. I do clear the space, you know, and, um, you know, another thing that's coming to mind is the prayer and meditation piece. You know, you have a practice and I've gotten out of practice. You know, I, two years ago, I went to TM, Transcendental Meditation. And, um, you know, I've been like, I got to get back to it. You know, I got to get back to it. I got to get back to it, you know, so I'm, I'm being reminded it's coming back up. Like I need to be fanning the little flame. Right. And so that's, that's key too. And that's a really easy practice. I know. It, you know it is a commitment though. Easy. Of course it's yeah, easy, but it, it's, it's just, not, it's like, yep. you know, I have a very, um, for lack of a better word, ADHD mind, right? Like I, oh, I don't want to sit still, you know, but but again, I'm because of where I am, I'm forced to sit still. So let's let's sit still and be mindful and that sitting still, you know, like yeah. let's not escape into things, right? Yeah. So that that's what it is. It's it's getting still, it's using the practices, it's coming back to ourselves. You know, we stop drinking, which is great. But as we evolve in our recovery, in our lives, the life can take over. I mean, right. we live in this world that is so technologically connected, overwhelm. And just using the no, not going to do that, can be a powerful move, right? It can create a chain of wellness. And going on a walk by yourself it's good yeah for sure like fan the flame <laughs> that's so good yeah uh, i think we're at our time jennifer i could wow. talk to you all day. wow i could talk to you all day yeah it was uh, great i i love listening and talking and sharing uh, other women who are in the solution of their life in recovery how can other mamas find you? Where should they go to follow your journey? Uh, well, my creative website is teetersaw.com. And then um, our business building software company is called ideograph.com. And that's I-D-E-O-G-R-A-P-H.com. So, and teetersaw is like teeter-totter seesaw. Beautiful. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you for being on the show with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lane. It's great to talk to you. It's always good. Hmm. May you find something bright, something light, and something so delicious it fills you up so you can be the best I know you can be. Until next time, take good care. And that's a wrap. 
I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. Make sure that you are following along Jennifer's adventure. Also, did you do the challenge for today? Today is day four of the happiness challenge. If you haven't, listen to it now. If you haven't done any of the challenge, go back to day one. Everything is right there in your feed and then join the community and post your experience. When you do this, you get entered to win that beautiful change your brain class. Boom. That's what it's all about. Change your brain. Let's go get into the happiness. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next time.